0: You're hanging out after hours with Matt Anderson, presented by Inside the Gamecocks. What is up, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Late Night Gamecocks show. Um, excited to be here with you. Um, if this is your first time joining, my name is Matt Anderson, and I'm your host for all things Gamecocks After Dark. Um, so normally we do this show on Monday nights live, just like you're seeing right now on YouTube. And, um, on Thursday, Friday, give or take, um, depending on what my schedule's like, I pump out another, another episode for everybody. So normally, normally a lot of the Monday night show is, you know, recapping what happened in Gamecock football. Um, and then, you know, Thursday, like what happened during the week. So. Um, Gamecock football has been like the predominant sport for the Gamecocks over the past couple months, so that's that's kind of what we've been um, we've been doing. But um, college basketball season is in full swing right now, um, which is exciting. I don't know if you guys caught this, but um, the net ratings were released today, and South Carolina is in the top thirty. And the net ratings, the net ratings are what actually um, it's actually what the selection committee uses to. Pick the best teams from the at-large pool. They use the net ratings. The net rating stands for NCAA, NCAA evaluation tool. Um, so not very fancy there. The net is just, um, you know, one of those acronyms that stands for NCAA evaluation tool. Uh, what the net really focuses on, and what it what the what it's trying to do is it's actually trying to capture the best teams in the country and encourage out-of-conference strength of schedule. Uh, There are a lot of teams that have just feasted on, you know, non-conference teams that probably didn't move the needle that much when you actually consider, um, you know, like if you play 11 teams ranked 250 to 300 and you rack up 13, 14 wins in a non-conference schedule – they, that's not what the NCAA wants because for years and years and years, and we've talked about it. Um, Twenty wins meant you were in the NCAA tournament. That's no longer the case. A lot of this came into fruition because of the way that conferences have expanded, and you know a lot of a lot of teams in the Power Five part of college basketball, at least, said, "Look, our schedule is hard enough in conference play. We don't need to, you know, challenge ourselves." Like, I mean, like it's not like you see a lot of you know, the Dukes of the world, the North Carolinas of the world, the Kansas of the world, you know, eight years ago playing top schedules in the non-conference because they knew they were going to have X amount of opportunities to win big games in their conference season. And they said, why the heck would I do that? Um, and, I, and I agree with them. Why the heck would you do that when you know you're going to have, you know, 12 to 15 games a year that are against top 100 opponents? Um, if, you, if you think back to teams like Gonzaga, over the last twenty years, Gonzaga, you know, couldn't just well, maybe not twenty years, I think Gonzaga's been been to the NCAA tournament twenty straight years, but maybe you go back thirty years or, or something like that. Like even the St. Marys of the world, the Boise States of the world, the Air Forces of the World, you know, these non power five teams, what they had to do was schedule as tough a, a schedule as they could in their non conference because they were stuck with just the auto bid. And so Gonzaga a long time ago said, We're we're good enough. We we'll go play anybody anywhere. Why why would we not? And so that's why you kind of see where the net kind of got created. In my opinion, um, the net focuses heavily on offensive efficiency and defensive defensive efficiency. And right now, South Carolina, I'll pull it up. But right now, South Carolina is ranked, I believe, in the in the top ten or not top ten. That'd be fantastic. Uh, top seventy right now um, in both of those metrics. So you kind of see why South Carolina. Is, is ranked where they, where they are, and I'm pulling it up right now. South Carolina has the 45th best offensive in the country and the 82nd best defense in the country. So from a metric standpoint, the Gamecocks look pretty, pretty daggum good. And this is something that JB and I have been talking about for a while, but the way the Gamecocks scheduled their non-conference with, you know, USC Upstate, okay, not that tough. VMI, not that tough. Uh, George Washington, not that tough. But Notre Dame is still going to give the Gamecocks a big, a big boost because of their strength of schedule. Now, Notre Dame, I'll pull it up right now, but Notre Dame might not have the toughest strength of schedule as it stands right now. But Notre Dame's strength of schedule ranks, and I will get it right here. Overall, Notre Dame is playing a top 74 um, strength of schedule overall, and they have the 167th toughest schedule um, in the non-conference. So when you look at that and then you look at Virginia Tech, let me find them. Uh, Virginia Tech has the 85th toughest schedule overall and the 50th toughest non-conference schedule. And, you know, as we all know, South Carolina beat both of those teams. So that's where South Carolina is getting a boost right now. They're going to get another boost after they play Clemson. Um, You know, most of the time, you know, outside of Carolina Clemson, we all won't. You know, if you're a Clemson fan, you want to beat South Carolina. If you're a South Carolina fan, you want to beat Clemson, which I totally get. And, heck, yeah, Wednesday night is a humongous game. But the Gamecocks are not going to be penalized at all whether they win or lose that game. That's going to be a quad one game at the end of the year. And let me pull that up because it's been a while since I've refreshed myself on the net ratings. And let's see the best way to do this. Net ratings, team ranking. Explained or team schedule explained. Let's do that, and I just want to make sure I get this right. Um, Looking at this right here, let's see if I got it right. Um, So, a quadrant one win is a win against a team ranked in the top 30 of the net, Um, as well as a team ranked top 50 in the net on neutral court. And if you play a road game, it's 1-75, um, to 75, so a top-75 away game. So those are all Quadrant 1 wins. So if you look at where South Carolina is about to play Clemson, Clemson's going to be a top-75 net team at the end of the season. So if the Gamecocks win that game, that's a quad-1 win on the road against Clemson, and it's going to be a good win when everything's said and done. You know, um, going through this, a quad-2 win is a home victory Versus teams ranked 30, 31st to 75th. A neutral court win is, or neutral court quad two win is a neutral court game ranked between teams 51st and 100, and away 76 to 135. So, you know what you want to do is you want to stack up these quad one and quad two wins. What you don't want to have is a quad four loss, and a quad four loss is a loss to a team ranked. 161st to 353rd in the net ratings or on neutral court, 201st to 353rd or an away game where you lose to somebody ranked 241st to 353. And if you remember a long time ago, South Carolina would rack up these quad three quad four losses and whether it came at home, which we we saw numerous times, we saw away um, and go back to the coast of Carolina game a few years ago. Um, you know, South Carolina would rack up these quad three and quad four losses. Right now, South Carolina has zero of those losses. So when you get to SEC play, um, South Carolina is going to be looking looking pretty good, you know, honestly, um, at that point, as long as South Carolina doesn't have any trip-ups in the non-conference. And look, win or lose against Clemson, it's going to be a game that South Carolina is not penalized on. Um, looking at that game against Clemson, I think you know, now is the perfect time to go ahead and preview for that. And we'll, we'll get to a lot of football here in a little bit, trust me. We will get to a lot of football. There's a lot of football to be discussed. But right now, um, South Carolina has a slightly worse offense than Clemson does. Clemson's averaging 116 points um, per 100 possessions on the adjusted rate on the offensive side of the ball. Um, so Clemson's at 116, South Carolina's 113.2. Uh, Clemson's defense is is a hair better than South Carolina. Um, that adjusted defensive rate um, efficiency rating is 97.6 versus 100.4 for South Carolina. Um, Clemson's a good team, y'all. I don't want to I don't want you to lead you down a, a rabbit hole here, but you know Clemson is not forcing a lot of turnovers. South Carolina um, is about middle of the pack when it comes to turnovers, and South Carolina is not turning the ball over very much. So that could be a key to the game. Just watch the turnovers. Um, South Carolina and Clemson are, are both, you know, pretty good in um, holding teams to you know poor shooting nights. Uh, Clemson's probably a little bit better than South Carolina and probably shoots the ball a little bit better than South Carolina, not by much. Um, Clemson is a relatively poor offensive rebounding team, where South Carolina is about middle of the pack. But um, Clemson limits offensive rebounds so far this season. So South Carolina is right now, you know, 26.6% of misses on an adjusted level. They are getting um, offensive rebounds, so that's going to be a big deal there. Uh, South Carolina and Clemson both shoot the ball well from three. Um, surprisingly, Clemson shoots the ball a little bit better than South Carolina does, um, both from three-point range and um, two-point field goals. Uh, they have a better free-throw perc- th- free percentage. Um, so I guess I say all this to say that, you know, South Carolina and Clemson – I'll pull it up right now, but Clemson, I believe, is favored to win the game by, let's see, I think it's it's seven points right now. So um, Gamecocks have a big game ahead of them. I think that you know, South Carolina is playing pretty good basketball. They've had some moments of lapses so far during the season, especially against Notre Dame, against VMI. Um, not really against George Washington, I wouldn't say. But um, South Carolina-Clemson, this is the premier game so far in the season. Clemson is ranked in the top 25. So just a golden opportunity for South Carolina to go get a um, high, high-quality win. And that says, that's nothing to to say about you know bragging rights and all of that. So um, earmark that one. Um, that one should be a good game. Really excited for the Gamecocks and their opportunity there. Um, some, some quick notes as we talk about Gamecock football. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and get this out of the way. Um I don't I don't expect Juice Wells to come back. Um you know, when it comes to Juice Wells, he and I know it's what a lot of people want to talk about, but with Juice Wells, he was taking care of at South Carolina last year. And you know, I've seen some crazy numbers out there for Juice Wells. Um, I'm not going to get anybody's, into anybody's business. Uh, that's a that's a hard no for me. Like I'm not going to count somebody's pocketbook, you know, or um, you know, pockets like the like the kids say nowadays. And I know that Juice retweeted something like that. Um, that's his business. And until the NCAA decides that that business is public knowledge, I'm just not going to get into it. Uh, right now though, Juice Wells is probably going to take less money to go to another program than he would earn at South Carolina. Um, when when it comes to South Carolina's offer, I think it was a fair offer. I think it was a competitive offer. Um, but you know, just like anything else, you know, if you're if you're a sales guy, you know, you have guaranteed compensation, and then you have um you know your your bonus money, you know, your commission. And South Carolina's offer to Juice Wells was highly conditional on playing games, which. You know, and it's not even saying like you had to have X amount of production in those games. It's just playing in a game. Uh, Juice was. Juice had every opportunity to play football for South Carolina this year after the Georgia game. Um, I can't say in 100% certainty that, you know, it was one of those things where Juice was healthy the last four games of the year. I don't know that. Um, I know that he was cleared for Clemson. And. Everything that Juice has said and done since he left – since he you know kind of indicated that he was going to go to the transfer portal, um, it is what it is. That's all I can say. Um, he's probably wants an opportunity to win a championship. He thinks he can find that at other places that are not South Carolina. Uh, I don't think that any of us here would say that South Carolina has a chance to win an SEC championship or a national championship next year, barring some unforeseen circumstances. So – Look, I think that Juice was taken care of at South Carolina. I think that he had a great opportunity to earn a lot of money at South Carolina. But, you know, he, he's probably going to go in a different direction. Um, that doesn't say that the communication is done with Juice. Um, Juice is still communicating with Justin Stepp. He's still communicating with Shane Beamer. And he just – he has something that he's looking for. And I don't know if he's going to find it at South Carolina. So – um, this is probably the last time I, I talk about – I talk about Juice um, right now. Uh, I, I just – I don't want to get into his business, and as as of right now, all indications say that he's going to go and play football somewhere else. Um, you know, looking at that, I mean, South Carolina is not the only team that's potentially going to lose somebody to the portal, Um. You know, especially quarterbacks right now. I, I've been kind of amazed at quarterbacks because, you know, South Carolina obviously has Lenore Sellers, and I don't think there's any amount of money that would have brought Spencer back. And I, I think that Spencer and South Carolina both kind of agreed that, hey, two years was great. It was a great run. You brought some of the best wins in South Carolina history. Uh, when you think about the Tennessee game, you think about the Clemson game last year, and then we all know, we all know what Spencer did this season and some of the plays he made. And, you know, for my money, he's the best pure quarterback I've ever seen in South Carolina. But when you look at the transfer portal now and you look at some of these guys that are, that are out there, I mean, Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel has one year of eligibility left and he's in the transfer portal. Um, That's something crazy. I don't know if he's going to go to, you know, Mississippi state and go play for, for Jeff Levy again. Uh, He might, but Washington State quarterback Cam Ward is in the is in the transfer portal. That's a kid that put up seventy one hundred plus yards and sixty one touchdowns in two seasons at Washington State. Um, Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord is in the portal. Uh, Kyle McCord went eleven and one for Ohio State. Kind of kind of stuck with it and, and found a way to um to get Ohio State in contention for a College Football Playoff. Um, obviously they lost to they lost to Michigan by three points. Um, was Kyle McCord the reason? Uh, I watched the game. You guys tell me. But, you know, it's just – it's kind of crazy. I mean, Duke's quarterback, Riley Leonard, who some people had as a first-round quarterback this year, he's probably going to go to Notre Dame. And, you know, it's the second year in a row that Notre Dame has poached an ACC quarterback. It, it's kind of times that I've never seen before. I I can't remember the last time that you had – these elite-level quarterbacks, and Dylan Gabriel is an elite quarterback. Kyle McCord, say what you want about what he did at Ohio State. Um, He's probably one of the top five to top ten players that most programs won't in the transfer portal because he is a quarterback with elite experience. And these guys are, I mean, you know, I don't think that Dylan Gabriel is going to go to Texas or anything like that, but, I mean, could Dylan Gabriel go to Florida? I mean, that's conjecture on my end. I have no no reason to think he's going to go to Florida, but you know, you think about it, and you know, where are these needs across the country, and who's going to pay the most money? We remember Florida years, or I think it was last year, had a, a top recruit that they were talking about. Oh yeah, we'll give you thirteen million dollars to come. Now Florida backed out of that deal, but I mean, how much are they going to pay for a Dylan Gabriel? I mean, their season could potentially be in the toilet next year. Um, how much would they pay for a Riley Leonard, even though I think Riley is going to go to? to notre dame but you know when it comes to south carolina um and cameron i I see you there and i'm not trying to to dance around your question i'll get to it in a second but you know if i told you that south carolina was going to lose juice wells and mitch Sheeter to the portal and this is last thursday last friday whatever day that i think it was thursday thursday you had all the crazies coming out and saying Everybody's gone. This is a mass exodus. It's been planned. All these guys are going to the transfer portal. But if you're going to lose Juice Wells, who played three games last season, and you saw what a guy like Xavier Leggett could do given the opportunity, you know, to South Carolina, would, would they prefer Juice Wells to come back? Absolutely. Absolutely they prefer Juice Wells to come back. But if you're going to lose Juice Wells and Mitch Sheeter and I understand you know, you need an elite wide receiver. You need a wide receiver one. You need somebody that can take pressure off everybody else, make the quarterback's life easier. Yeah, Juice Wells sucks. Like it sucks losing Juice Wells under those circumstances. I mean, has Mitch Jeter just been a nails kicker? Absolutely. But you know, right now, um, O'Donnell Fortune, he he might go into the portal. I I can see that happening. There's a lot of rumors there, but he's not in there yet. Uh, Nick, Nick Imanwari, um, you know, he's saying all the right things to South Carolina, saying all the right things to the coaches. Um, he's talking to collectives. Um, Nick Imanwara was a kid that a couple years ago, or I shouldn't say a couple years ago, last offseason, there were a number a number of teams that came after Nick Imanwara and, and wanted to get him. And he decided to stick with South Carolina and you know, was his star a little bit brighter after a freshman All American season versus you know what we saw this year? Yeah, probably. But but still, you know Nick Emanuar. If you can get a, a kid that's going to be a junior next year, that's you know former freshman All-American. I think a lot of teams have sign up for that at safety. Um, I think TJ Sanders is pretty pretty good to go. I think I saw that he um he signed a little contract with Garnet Trust today. Uh, Boogie Huntley. Um, there's some some scuttlebutt around him. I think he's ultimately going to come back. He's a Columbia kid. He's a Gamecock. He he wants to be at South Carolina. Just got to make sure the numbers work out for him. Um, Mario Anderson, I think it's either South Carolina or the NFL. If he goes to the NFL, I think that's that's a poor decision for him at this point in his career. I think that Mario Anderson has a big opportunity to be a, a running back in the NFL at some point. I don't think it's right now. I think if he goes right now, he's probably looking like JB said on a couple of these shows at the practice squad. And and look, don't don't turn your nose up to practice squad. Uh, don't turn your nose up to being the third running back on the active roster. Um, but I know that, you know, in talking to guys that have gone to the NFL and, and friends of mine, you know, it's a big deal because, like, you might be on the practice squad, but if you're not healthy to practice, like, that's not guaranteed. If you miss a game, you miss a game check. Um, that's just the way the NFL works. So you might have a, a $20 million contract and, you know, $20 million a year, let's say, and you miss one game you just lost, you know, what is that, $150,000, you know, out of your paycheck. They they do not pay you if you do not play. And so that's one of the things that, you know, college, I think, especially at the college level, you know, those kids are well taken care of, and, and Juice Wells is very well taken care of, and, you know, they're going to get their NIL package whether they play a snap or they play every snap of every game. So... Um, you know, Devo Williams is a kid that's probably going to try and get an NFL grade and see what he has there. You know, ultimately right now he's probably looking at a, you know, fifth to seventh round to undrafted range. I think he's a kid that can come back and, and do a lot of good. Uh, looking at, you know, looking at recruiting right now, yeah, you know, I don't know if the Gamecocks are in danger of losing any commitments. Um, you know, Braden Lee's been flirting around with Michigan for a while now. Uh, Does he actually want to go to – or not Michigan, Maryland. Does he actually want to go to Maryland? Uh, He's a local kid. Maybe he does. Um, I don't know. Uh, That's one the Gamecocks have been trying to hold on to for a long time, and so far they have. They're going to have to survive an official visit. Um, To Louis Solomon, if you guys are a long-term listener of this – or a long-time listener of this show, you know that I've said for a while now until the ink is dry on the letter of intent, until he puts pen to paper – I don't know what's going to happen. I think that, you know, he's a he's a player that has a particular large amount of leverage. Uh, the Gamecock coaching staff feels like Julius Solomon is a, you know, three and done. Go to the NFL after his junior year. Contribute next year. Maybe start next year. Uh, Gamecocks want him. Auburn wants him. I think it probably is a Gamecock Auburn battle right now. Uh, and you know, it doesn't hurt that his younger brother is a form or a future five-star linebacker. So. You know, that family has a little bit of leverage right now. I'm not saying they're using it. I'm just speaking in in conjecture. Um, Maybe they are, maybe they aren't. But, you know, if I was them, I would be doing the same thing. This is the wild, wild west. I've never seen anything like this at all at the college football level. I mean, for for a kicker to go into the portal and say, like, hey, I want X amount of dollars. I mean, kickers are a weird bunch, uh, which – yeah, I wish all the Gamecock guys well. Like at the end of the day, I don't want to see them, you know, fail. That's just not who I am. Like, you know, South Carolina is going to miss on recruits. I don't want to see those recruits fail. Do I want to see them play well against South Carolina? Probably not. But do I want to see them fail? Absolutely not. I want them to be successful in everything that they do in life, whether it's on the field or whether it's in the corporate world or whether it's, you know, whatever job they take after after college. I mean, I'll tell you a quick story. I remember my brother telling me. My brother played college basketball, and he said, you know, one day we were doing sprints, and, you know, the coach was like, get back on the line. And my brother said, like, Coach, he raised his hand, Coach, I'm one of those 97.8% of college athletes that are going to go pro in something other than the sport I play. I'm done. I can't run another sprint. So, I mean, I want all these guys to be successful uh, after college especially, uh, wherever that takes them. So, you know, Mitch Jeter, Juice Wells, probably going to lose them. Probably going to lose them. Um, You know, Cameron, when you asked about um, a couple minutes ago, and sorry, I've been long-winded to this point, but Cameron, when you asked about, you know, what what are some names, positions to watch in the portal to come to South Carolina, it's really hard to say right now. The portal is wide open. I think there are over 1,100 names in the portal as of, like, me starting the show tonight. Um, South Carolina is still doing their due diligence. Um, if you're a member of the big spur and I, I, I'm pretty sure this is out there at this point so I don't mind saying it, but you know there's a Miami running back that entered the portal and he's a Gamecock legacy, uh, probably a guy that you know if fully healthy could do some big things for South Carolina. but right now like the coaches have to weigh how healthy he is and he might not be that healthy long term. and with that running back room, you know can you take a guy like that? I don't know. It's not the NFL. In the NFL, you know exactly how healthy somebody is. They have to perform a physical. They have to pass their physical. That's not college. That's not college football. So, you know, some names, I think just, you know, if you're not a member of the Big Spur, go join the Big Spur right now. I think that there's like a 60% off deal. Um, but if you're, if, you know, look, I understand like money is tight for a lot of people. So if you can't join the Big Spur, you know, stay on social media, um, take everything on social media, with a, with a big grain of salt. Um, there are a lot of people that want to be social media experts that aren't necessarily social media experts. So, But, you know, in this day and age, you can have a paywall like you have the big spur, but unfortunately, you know, information information leaves. And it's one of those things that I feel bad for JC, Tony, um, Hale. You know, I hear a lot of stuff, and, like, the things that I, I can share, I share. Um, but there's some things that are better off behind a paywall. Um, and, like, for $9 a month, you're not going to find a better deal than the Big Spur. Um, So Jimmy asks, have they have they changed any coaches? All right, so here's my take on coaches. Um, You know, if you're on social media right now, I'm going to tell you, like, there are a lot of rumors out there. Um, I can tell you that Shane is very methodical in the way that he handles these types of things. He's not going to be rushed. I know that a lot of Gamecock fans are mad because, you know, Dabo Sweeney, At Clemson, fired two coaches and already has new hires. That's what Dabo did. Um, You know, are those new hires going to be fantastic? I don't know. They might be. I mean, I think both those guys have been out of college coaching for a little bit. Um, You know, the offensive line coach, Luke, you know, former, I think, Ole Miss head coach, if I'm not mistaken, uh, pretty good offensive line coach. But he got he left Georgia because he didn't want to be in the grind of college recruiting. Uh, Chris Rumpf, you know was a guy that, you know, former Gamecock player, um, a lot of Gamecocks don't like him because of the way he negatively recruited against South Carolina. I think he's been in the NFL for a little bit. Uh, he for, he was a former coach at Clemson. Uh, Dabo and him had a falling out. Uh, Dabo did not like the way that Chris Rump, when he was at Alabama, was was recruiting Jadavion Clowney. And, you know, talking crap about Clemson, you'll never win anything. And, you know, Dabo's a spiteful man sometimes. I think that all college coaches can be a little spiteful, but you know, Dabo was especially spiteful there. Um, you know, I think that he felt like Clemson had a little bit of, you know, don't don't tarnish the the, the the school that paid you money. So, you know, that's how Dabo did it. Um with South Carolina. Um, Jimmy, to get, you know, more specifically to your question, I think that you know, anywhere from one to two to you know four to six coaches could potentially be out at South Carolina. I know that you know, and I've talked about this on the show before. Uh, Shane has to make sure that he has an upgrade before he lets somebody go. And right now, it's a crazy time to hire a coach. And I don't mean crazy like don't hire a coach. What I mean is, you know, the same thing that South Carolina's done in the past, a lot of other schools have done in the past is. Get past National Signing Day, like the first one. Get past that because kids sign their NIL um, or their their Yeah, what is it? They're I think it's N I L. Yeah. Oh no, NIL is name image likeness. N L I, National Letter of Intent. These acronyms are crazy right now. And you know, this is the thing where, you know, a lot of coaches are, are having conversations with players and especially players that are impactful to their recruiting class and saying, hey, you know, I know this guy's recruited you for a long time. We're probably going to make a move. Um, just want you to be aware of it. But, you know, we're not sure yet. You know, we need to make sure that we're giving you an upgrade before we make a move. Um, those are the kind of conversations that Shane is having right now um, with a lot of players. He's making sure that, you know, if I make a move and I'm going, I'm only going to make a move to improve your standing. Now, is Shane going to keep a coach because a player wants him? Absolutely not. But, you know, right now that same conversation is being had across the country. Like, you know, if I keep this, let's just say, hypothetically, a running back coach until National Signing Day and then I let that running back coach go, um, you know, what happens there? Can I get another running back coach that's on another staff that is, you know, trying is doing the same thing. He, he knows he's going to be let go, or, or he knows that he has a, a, a greener pasture somewhere else that he might feel is in South Carolina. Um, there, there's a lot of loyalty to the people that write you a paycheck. And I don't mean that in a way where, you know, anyone's doing anything deceitful, but, you know, let's just say there's a running back coach that's in another school right now. And let's say that other school is a Power Five school and he has X amount of running back commitments and his contract runs out on December 31st, you know, is, is he going to, you know, take a job at South Carolina or, and potentially screw over his current employer? You know, that's a, that's kind of a spiteful thing to do. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you look at the two coaches that Clemson just hired, neither of them were in college football right now. Um, you, know, you look around across the country, I think Southern Cal just hired a defensive coordinator And sometimes those coaches decide it's the right time to do it. It's the right time to make that move. But it's not always the case. And I think that, you know, that's why you, you know, you kind of hear about, you know, the Black Monday, you know, right after Thanksgiving when coaches get fired. And, you know, in those situations, like, they've either, you know, like, give you a perfect example of this. Like, Satterfield was not coming back to South Carolina next year. He knew going into the, I believe it was the Tennessee game, that he was not going to be retained. So what are those guys doing? They're doing the best they can because they don't want to, you know, leave on sour grapes. So when, you know, a coach, you know, calls Shane Beamer and says, Hey, you know, I got an opening for a quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, blah, blah, blah at a different school. What's your take on this guy? And if you just burn everything down on your way out the door, uh, your former employer is going to say that everyone, everybody in the coaching world understands this is a business. And, You know, they make a lot of money with not a lot of job security to go do what they do. So, yeah, Jimmy, no coaching changes right now that are public, um, but I would estimate anywhere between one and six coaches will be gone. And Shane Beamer has a lot of soul-searching to do because, you know, and I don't mind talking about coaches. If you guys want to talk about coaches, let's do it. Um, Is Montario Hardesty, you know, can we say that he's recruited at a high level? No, we can't. Can we say that, you know, his on field production is great? No, we can't. Can we say that Clayton White manufactured a lot of turnovers his first two years in South Carolina? Absolutely. We absolutely can say that. And it's true. Can we also say that Clayton White has given up, you know, X amount of points through the first eight games of the season this year? We can say that as well. So you kind of have to, you have to maneuver through challenging waters, you um, you know Lonnie Teasley and Jimmy. This is a great example. You know Lonnie Teasley, uh, kids love him. They absolutely love him. He is a great recruiter. Is he somebody that's learned on the job to an extent? Yeah, probably so. I mean, it's his first year as the offensive uh, offensive line coach. Um, but a lot of people not. Re- did a lot of people forget that last year. You know Lonnie Teasley coached the offensive line, and the offensive line got better over the season. Um, you know. Atkins was not in good health last year. And I mean, if you paid attention to the sideline, you know, it wasn't like he was coaching. He might have been there, but he wasn't doing a lot of the coaching. So, you know, is Lonnie Teasley learned on the job? Absolutely. Do a lot of people in college football think that he has a bright career, both as a recruiter and as an offensive line coach? Yeah, they do. Am I saying that Lonnie Teasley is going to go get a job at Alabama next year if their offensive line coordinator goes away? Um, I don't, I can't say that. But can I say that, you know, Lonnie Teasley will get hired somewhere else at the Power 5 level? Absolutely. Um when you look at the offensive line class that's coming in, you know, those those guys are dudes, especially the offensive tackle position and, you know, Lonnie Teasley in my mind, when you have 11 or 12 offensive linemen that get hurt either before the season starts, during the season, I think there was a stretch of like 7 consecutive games that the offensive line had, you know, starters missing and then you look at the recruiting class that's coming in, I think it's hard to get rid of Alani Teasley right now. And and I'm not saying that they should. Um, I think that Alani Teasley has no more excuses um, if we want to go that route. And the same route that, you know, I, I can think of, you know, a lot of coaches offhand, and I'm not going to go into names, but a lot of coaches that had a bad year and then had a great year. I mean, do you want to get rid of Pete Limbo because he had two fantastic years and now he had a bad year? I don't want to get rid of Pete Limbo at all. Um, you know, is Lonnie Teasley learning on the job? Maybe. Um, I mean, as far as, like, coaches that I think are, you know, practically practically safe, as a, unless they get a job offer somewhere else that's more appealing to them, like, I don't think Justin Stepp is going anywhere because of what Shane Beamer thinks. I think that Justin Stepp is the top five, top ten wide receiver coach in the country, and a lot of other programs agree with me there. Uh, Torian Gray. Do I think he's going anywhere? Absolutely not. Do I think Sterling Lucas is going anywhere? Absolutely not. Do I think Dawa Loggins is going anywhere? Absolutely not. Um, you know, just going through Lonnie Teasley, I think he's probably safe. Uh, do I think that you know Sterling Lucas? I think that he's a heck of a recruiter, and Travian Roberts, and I think they're pretty locked in. Now, I I didn't say some coaches there, and those of you that are reading the tea leaves, you know, maybe you know maybe that's what Shane's thinking about. I don't know. I know that, you know, when I ask the question, anywhere from one to, to six coaches could potentially be going somewhere else or not on Sakala staff next year. But it's all about making sure that you get better coaches than you have right now, both from recruiting and a skill development standpoint. So um, I really want, I want to find this really quick. And, and those of you that aren't, you know, on the boards every day, on social media every day, you know, doing all of that. Um, Want to pull up? Let's see. Try to find. Yeah, here we go. Um, and look, this this is that I'm pulling from right now is from the Big Spur. Like I said, you know, the Big Spur is pretty awesome. I, I highly recommend that if you're not a Big Spur subscriber, you go ahead and join. There's always promotions going on. You can join for like 60% of uh, 60% discount. So here are, the, here are the players that have left South Carolina as of right now. And, you know, this thing is fickle. It could change by the time we get off the show. It could change by the time you watch this tomorrow or later this week. But quarterback, corner, quarterback Tanner Bailey um, is in the transfer portal. Kawan Banks, who's a defensive back, is in the transfer portal. Wide receiver Omega Blake is in the transfer portal. Um, quarterback Colton Gauthier is in the transfer portal. Defensive lineman Felix Hickson is in the transfer portal. Wide receiver Kyla Horton is in the transfer portal. Place kicker Mitch Jeter is in the transfer portal. Defensive lineman DeAndre Martin is in the transfer portal. Uh, Defensive lineman Xavier McLeod, who was dismissed from South Carolina's program back in October, um, is in the transfer portal. Offensive lineman John Darius Morgan is in the transfer portal. Defensive back Isaiah Norris is in the transfer portal. Wide receiver Landon Sampson is in the transfer portal. Wide receiver um, Xavier Short is in the transfer portal. We've talked a lot about Antoine Wells, Juice Wells in the transfer portal. And then um, defensive lineman who came in as a linebacker, Donovan Westmoreland, is in the transfer portal. So I named off 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. 15 players from South Carolina are in the transfer portal. And outside of Mitch Sheeter and Juice Wells, I think that you know Gamecock fans have you know every every reason to be excited. Um, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. And losing to Juice Wells is never great. Losing to Mitch Sheeter is never great. They're going to have to replace it. But you know, with with Juice Wells going out the door, and I talked about it, like don't believe all the numbers you've seen on NIL for Juice Wells last year. It was really freaking good. Top top wide receiver in the SEC. You know, right there with a lot of those guys that were making a crap ton of money. So, you know, more money than I've seen in my life. I'll put it that way. Um, so, you know, lost lost those guys, but there's an opportunity to to refocus and, and flip flip the roster. Um, 15 guys walking out the door. There's not a player outside of Mitch Jeter or Juice Wells that I'm sitting here saying, like, wow, couldn't afford to lose them. I mean – with with the transfer portal like what you're going to see too is like put it this way if you've ever if you've ever done like an auction draft in fantasy football you kind of know that there's like this this tier of players you, maybe it's like the top 7 wide receivers and you know the top wide receiver number 1 is going to get this amount of money and then the number 2 receiver is going to get a little bit less because player not players but schools aren't and collectives aren't willing to pay that and so you get to like that middle of the bell curve and like that's where you want to be, like the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh best player out of like a ten-player pool is where you kind of want to be, um, because once you get to that tenth player, now all of a sudden that money goes back up because we can't miss out on a top ten guy. So that that's what's happening right now, and 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 schools are playing a delicate game of chess. It's uh, it's it's a hard game and a game that I wouldn't want to play because you know you're looking at it like okay, well Juice Wells walked out the door. Okay, well, can we get three guys for the amount of money that was spent on Juice Wells? Maybe. Can we get two? Probably. Is that better resource allocation than one player like Juice Wells when you look at the wide receiver room? I mean, I remember everyone saying all season long, if we just had somebody outside of Xavier get like, this team would have been a lot better. And people got sick and tired of seeing Luke Doty tried out there when Luke Doty gave it his all and caught everything that was thrown to him. You know, is he ever going to be an all-SEC wide receiver? Probably not. But is he a guy that can, you know, move the chains and catch the ball? Absolutely. So I think you're going to see wide receiver room flipped. It has to be. Um, Thankfully, Gamecocks have got TJ Sanders, Boogie Huntley, uh, Tonka Hemingway, you know, coming back um, on NIL deals. But this is the problem for South Carolina, you know. South Carolina still has to find a way to, Keep all the guys they want to keep, and have enough NIL collective money to get the players they have to go get to make the team better than it was last year. So, I'm, I'm, I'm all for. <laughs> I see you, David. Uh, man, quit. Luke can't ever can't be an every possession receiver. No, I don't think he can either. I'm not saying that. I don't. I don't. If I if if it came off like I said that, I'm sorry. I don't mean that. But what I'm saying is that. You know, there's nothing wrong with having a Luke Doty who called everything that was thrown to him. Do we want Luke Doty to be the number two wide receiver next year or number one wide receiver in some cases? Heck no. In a perfect world, Luke Doty is your number six, number seven wide receiver, which is why I'm saying it's important that South Carolina can potentially go get, you know, two or three wide receivers for the amount of money they were, South Carolina wasn't paying them, but collectives were paying Juice Wells. You know, it, it almost might be like, would I rather have, Three seventy percent of juice wells out there or, you know, a Luke Doty opposite juice wells. Does that make sense, David? I hope, I hope it makes sense. I, I wasn't trying to be rude there, but yeah. So, so that, that, that's where South Carolina is right now. Um, and, you know, just looking at it, I think that every, every position group on the team can get better. I mean, they're still going to have to go find a backup quarterback unless you guys, you know, and David, maybe this is for you. Do, would you prefer that? Like you want Luke Doty to go to backup quarterback? Um, I think he might have to. And maybe that whole conversation about wide receiver is a moot point and Luke Doty is going to be the backup to Lenore Sellers. Because uh, outside of that, you got Dante, Dante Reno coming in, and, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't think you want Dante Reno going out there as your backup quarterback. I mean, I like Dante Reno's film. I think he's probably a little bit underrated. He's a little, little bit on the shorter side. And Lenore Sellers is going to run the ball. Um, and it, it's kind of kind of hard to kind of hard to have a running quarterback and not have a backup. So, um, you know, I saw the Coastal Carolina kid. Um, you know, might be somebody that Grayson McCall that you know has interest in South Carolina. I know that there were um, there was a guy in the SEC West who had interest in South Carolina. But you know, a lot of these quarterbacks are going to find out that that market's going to dry up after you get past like the top ten, like that bell curve I was talking about and you get to like 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 20. And maybe one of those 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 20 guys is the guy that South Carolina brings in to hold a clipboard for Lenore Sellers, but still you know, have game action under his belt. Um, yeah, and David, I agree with you. It's tough because we need NIL going towards receivers, D-line, DBs, and probably another running back. I think you probably need two or two running backs, honestly, maybe three. Because uh, right now, I um, Juju had an injury. Hopefully, Juju will come back. Is he really a running back? Outside of that, you know, you got Mario Anderson, who's kind of dipping his toes in the NFL early, early declare status. Then you got DJ Braswell. Um, who do you got after that? You guys tell me. Uh, you got Matthew Fuller coming in. Love Matthew Fuller. Uh, it's really hard to be a freshman running back not named Marcus Lattimore that can be a bell cow for an SEC team at running back. So, I mean, I think that, you know, you know, is Daniel Hill going to be a Gamecock? Right now it's looking good. But, you know, I don't know. And Do you, do you want to rely on Matthew Fuller and, and Daniel Hill and, you know, potentially not have Mario Anderson? Because, you know, Mario Anderson's getting some advice right now that I don't always agree with when you talk about, like, these guys that might latch on as a practice squad. Um, if you can latch on as, as a practice squad guy this year, potentially, then next year you should definitely be a practice practice squad guy in the NFL. Um, you're just a year older. Um, <clears throat> you know, you got more you got more experience. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that every position group needs needs to get rehauled in in some way, shape, or fashion. Um, I'm not that worried at all about Dylan Stewart. He's a kid that came to all but one or two home games this year. He's being taken care of from an NIL standpoint, but South Carolina needs more NIL dollars and you know, had my hats off to J.C. Sherbert, who's part of Carolina Rise. Um, you know, that million-dollar donation match from Garnet Trust didn't help J.C., but J.C. has been all about, you know, guys donate to that if you want to polish your Carolina Rise. You know, monthly contributions this month, go ahead so we can get um a million extra dollars in NIL. But that's what it's going to take. I mean, you you see programs like Ole Miss who can raise three million dollars in 48 hours. You know, with the way that their collectives are operating, after a big win, um, you know, it's kind of it's kind of like a chicken and the egg. Is it easier to get NIL dollars after a big win, or is it easier to get NIL dollars when you see, you know, Clemson come into your come onto your home field, your stadium, and beat you without scoring an offensive touchdown? You know, what motivates people more? I don't know. And I've been I've long been a proponent on NIL. Like, if you can donate something, donate it. If it's going to hurt your family, don't. And if you know people that have the ability to donate and enjoy Carolina football, talk to them about it. Let them know because right now South Carolina is definitely operating at a disadvantage from that standpoint. Um, you know, I guess we need to talk about it. From my hometown, my alma mater, Amare Adams committed to Clemson over the weekend. Um, I don't think this one's over. I I'll be really interested to see, you know, when Jaden Sellers is coming to watch his brother play at South Lawrence and, you know, Amare wants to come watch a good, watch a good football game, you know, what happens with Clemson with their no visit policy. What about Carolina's football camp this year? I know South Carolina's going to be there. Or I know South Lawrence will be at South Carolina's football camp. Is Amare going to go with just his team and, and just not talk to a coach while he's there? I don't think so. Uh, but yeah, I mean right now I'd say Amari Adams is probably 80% Clemson, 20% still open to South Carolina. Um and we'll see what happens. He's definitely not someone you should write off right now, um especially a 2025 guy. But South Carolina right now, it, they're in a tough position, but it's a position I've told you they've they well, I hate to say it again, but they've positioned themselves well for. They're not going to take a high school kid, just to take a high school kid. Um right now everything in the coaching office is you know, hold on to your guys, number one, that you want to keep. Go find other guys that can flip your room, number two, and go get the three to five recruits that you still have your eye on, and then let all the dust settle after the transfer portal closes this first round, after all your targets decide if they're coming to South Carolina, going somewhere else, and then you pump everything into, you know, the second NIL window or second um, – Golly, I hate this. Name, image, and likeness is one thing. National letter of intent is the other. You know, after this little wave of NIL and transfer portal stuff, you got to focus on high school players. Get who you can get, flip who you can flip, and then move on in the second part of the year. Back, you know, in 2024, and go find the portal guys that are still out there, and try and get them in, you know, for for spring practice if you can. Because I can't emphasize this enough. It's a really, really big deal to get kids in for spring practice. But, y'all, I appreciate it. Um, that's all I got tonight. I'm looking forward to the Gamecock basketball game Wednesday. Um, quick note, South Carolina women's basketball still undefeated. They went to Tobacco Road and they got the job done in both games. So, hats off to Don Staley. Hats off to Lamont Paris. It's basketball season right now. I know that the Transfer Portal and NIL and all that stuff is just top of mind for everybody, but you know, if you're in the Upstate and you're a Gamecock, get out there and and watch. Go watch South Carolina play in Little John Coliseum. Give the Gamecocks some some Gamecock Gamecock fans in the stands yelling. And um, y'all, you have no idea how much I appreciate this. This is you know the highlight of my week to spend this time with you. And you guys give me the most valuable thing you have, which is your time. And I never forget it. It's never underappreciated. I appreciate y'all so much. And um, holler at me if I can do anything for you on late night gamecock show at com. on the big spur. You can reach me under the username, Matt Anderson. And um, with all that being said, look forward to talking to you guys on Thursday, Friday. Um, that podcast should come wherever you get podcasts, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, I think Phil does a really good job of getting it out on, on Fridays by like 8 PM. Um, but you know, life's hectic. So I'll, it'll be Thursday or Friday and you'll probably have it um, Friday at 8 PM. But Y'all, thank you so much. I appreciate y'all and go Cox. Talk to you soon.